What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to a podcast about New York sports. The band is back together. Sam joined by Matt. Uh, I'll be honest. Look, we 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 live lives, and uh, between Matt's uh, health struggle, we'll say, and you know, I was in Texas this weekend having a nice weekend with some friends. Just couldn't find time to record an episode. Uh, and, and quite frankly, you know, we're obviously going to get into this big jet, the big massive jet giant game that happened, but. This this game did not need much uh, covering, to be honest, because this was an ugly one. Um, speaking of ugly, Matt, how are we doing today? <laughs> I'm doing all right. I'm doing a little bit better. Um, yeah, forewarning. I mean, we got on here and actually tried to do a uh, a podcast for the uh, the preview of Jet Giant, and uh, it just didn't go well uh, for my mouth or for my face. But uh, I'm back. I think I sound better, and uh, I'm ready to go. That you definitely do sound better. I'll, I'll definitely give you that. Um, yeah. But I, you know, we 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 didn't get out an episode, obviously. But uh, you know, even without an episode, I think we are in a much better place than whatever the hell this game was on Sunday. Um, I mean, just looking at the stats in this game, not even want to get to the result. Jets win thirteen ten. Got kind of handed this game late. Uh, and I, I watched this game in live. Obviously, I was yeah. able to watch it while on on my little vacation. And then I watched it again in like the condensed NFL format, which highly recommend doing if if you if any of our listeners uh, have access to the NFL app or the NFL Premium, it's great to watch the the condensed game. You ever watch those? Uh, yeah, I started doing it after you mentioned it a couple of weeks ago on here. Yeah, it's you know it's great. Like if I, if I feel like I miss a game or like if there's a really interesting game that I kind of want to just just skim over a little bit, I uh, I'll always go back and watch because it's. You know, it's literally like, you know, we'll watch, when you sit down and watch a football game, three hours, four hours sometimes, if it's, you know, very, you know, tight and a lot of penalties or whatnot, they get that in like a half hour and it's like boom, 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 play to play. It's great. Um, yeah. But it, I'll be honest, nothing. Yeah, no watch any few, Travis Kelsey commercials. Yeah, no, no Taylor Swift stats. No, none of that nonsense. Um, but uh, th- honestly, there was no way to watch this game that made me feel good uh, as a Jet fan. I think I speak the same for the Giant fans, and they say that too. Um, look, a win's a win, right? The Jets come out on top, 13-10. Um, what can we say about this? The the Jets look like shit for most of the game. Um, I actually thought they, you know, first drive, they 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 start getting, uh, was it a turnover? Was it the first or the second drive? Was it that, that Zach Wilson got the strip sack or the strip sack fumble that the Giants uh, recover that. Yeah, I forget. I forget if that was the first or second drive. Maybe the second drive. Yeah, it was in the. It was definitely in the first quarter, but just not a good tone setter there. And and honestly, you know, I'm watching that game and I'm like, oh no, like, is this was it always Giants money line the whole time? Like, or were they just? Is this just a bad matchup for the Jets? I mean, I spoke to some people, some Jet fans. I, I know. I think Kurtzman and I, uh, Brandon and I, um, spoke maybe a week week prior kind of talking about you know leading up to the game and and what we thought about this potential matchup and uh Brandon made it a point to say that you know the Giants like to blitz uh Wink Martindale's known for his blitzing and he he kind of said that that would give Zach Wilson fits so then to see him get strip sack fumble Giants recover in the first quarter I, I thought it, the Jets might be in for a long day because of that um and you know maybe they were but they, they come out on top uh Zach Wilson um, 17 of 36, 240 yards and a touchdown. Um, the, you know, w- we talk about, you know, the opportunity and Zach Wilson seizing the opportunity. I, I thought that there was a, given the, the weather and the downpour of this game, I thought this game and this, this might be a hot take, but I thought this game would be ugly for most NFL teams. Like, I don't think that this was just Zach Wilson being bad. Maybe he wasn't the best. He's not the best quarterback, obviously. But just this, it was downpouring him at life, right? And there was uh, the Giants had, I think, negative pass yards on the day, which is baffling. They set the record for punts. This game went exactly how I thought. I think everyone thought this game might go. Yeah, this was a uh, the this this game had the most punts since uh, a game in two thousand three. So twenty twenty years. Uh, and these two teams, I mean, I, I don't know that I agree that this game would have looked ugly for most teams. Cause I think this really looked especially ugly. Um, and you spoke on Zach Wilson. I don't really know what to make of his performance. I mean, uh, it, it was, it, 
I don't want to credit all of it to the rain because it was it was really tough. I mean, Kayvon Thibodeau owned whatever's left of the Jets offensive line. Um, and I feel like anytime Zach heard footsteps, you were kind of, um, you know, you were afraid of another fumble or the, the sack he took at the end to Kayvon Thibodeau was awful. So I think mentally it just wasn't a great game for Zach Wilson. I don't really want to let him off the hook for the rain. Um but I guess there is something to be said about, you know, when his back's up against the wall, uh, he makes two throws and the Jets wind up winning the game. And I guess you can almost say that Zach Wilson won the game for you uh, with Thomas Morstead being your player of the game, of course. And, and I don't want to let that be undersung. If you watch this game again and, you know, you, you know, seeing watching the game when you know the results, sometimes you obviously watch it from a different perspective. And I, you know, I cannot sing the praises of Thomas Morstead any higher because uh, you know you, you there was multiple times where he pinned the Giants back to within the five and you know within the or sorry within the 10 within the five just great punts 11 punts uh, 11 punts to Jamie Gillian's 13 for the Giants um, and, and that was really the difference in the game they the, the 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 Jets were constantly winning the field position battle and you know the downpour Tyrod Taylor gets hurt so then the Giants are down to their third string quarterback and Tommy DeVito and you know you put a you put a third string quarterback in the pouring rain inside the ten, it's going to be that's pretty much a guaranteed punt most most times, and it was, and that really really changed the game. It's rare to watch a game where um, you know a team is not going to throw the ball, no matter what they're not going to do it, um, and and the Jets still almost lost this game. So I, I don't think I I don't know during the game I was kind of saying if the Jets are to pull this one out. I don't even want to see anyone celebrating. Like I didn't feel good about this game at all. I, I, I think on both ends, it was, uh, it, it was one of the worst football games I've ever watched dating back to like 2012. You remember that Jets Cardinals game when Greg McElroy had to come in? Um, vaguely, not, not to a T, but That's yes, the only, they, game I remember I the Greg McElroy game. only game yeah. I can compare this to. Um, so I don't think you feel good moving forward. I think the only thing you feel is relieved. Yeah, I mean, so you can look back, and I think this is going to be a game that we're going to look back on that, you know, this would have been an absolutely abysmal loss. That this There would have been a lot of questions being asked if they if they had lost this game. And honestly, up until up until the, the clock, I don't want to say hit zero because they won in overtime, but up until the, the field goal goes up and they win, you really had a sour taste, or I really had a sour taste in my mouth. And I think I speak for a lot of Jeff fans when I say that that would have been like, you know, we we had the trade deadline today. Might have that game might have determined what they do at the deadline because you lose that game and get to three and four uh, after your bye and in, in an absolutely just ugly way. You could have seen the Jets take a different kind of perspective on the rest of the season, but nonetheless, they win. Um, you know, and then as for the Giants, Saquon Barkley is a great game. I think this this game really was was very much a ground game. Obviously, there was not many passing attempts. There was only 14 passing attempts on the entire Giants offensive side uh, for negative nine yards, which is um, absolutely unfathomable. But uh, the and Barkley, 36 for 128. He was really the him and, and, you know, Garrett Wilson, seven for 100. I mean, look at these Giants receiving numbers. The leading receiver was Darren Waller, one catch for four yards. That's like that's kind of crazy. And then you know, if you're on the defense of this Giants team, like you, we mentioned Kayvon Thibodeau, nine tackles, three sacks, three tackles for a loss, three quarterback hits. I mean, he, he had a game and a half. He was wrecking the game. And, you know, I, I've sung the praises of him in the past. And maybe it's like a consistency thing or maybe it's just the Jets offensive line is just bad, which are, not maybe the Jets offensive line is bad. But this was there's really like there, maybe again, if you're a Giant fan, Cool. Saquon Barkley had a good game. Nice. Whatever. Kayvon Thibodeau showed that he had a good game. You only put up 10 points and you still lost. So this Giants team is uh, nothing is going well. Uh, Reports today are that Daniel Jones will be back. um, will be back from injury uh, next week when they take on the Raiders. An absolutely ugly game. Um, And uh, you cannot feel good about this Giants team whatsoever. No. No, you can't. But uh, on the Jets side, I I am glad that you brought up Garrett Wilson and you brought up the trade deadline. Um, I am uh, I am disappointed to see the Jets not uh, just not do anything to uh, to improve offensively. I know they brought in, 
an offensive lineman. That's great. Um, the Jets are down to their third string center. Everybody watched that game. I mean, it was really tough. Uh, j- just watching the Jets try to get a snap off of stuff. But to me, I mean, if you can't repair the offensive line, if you look at the Jet offense, they, they really have one guy. It's one guy. And, you know, without Rodgers being here, there's not like this, you know, Al Lazard isn't going to be a one, you know, a one B here. I, I was, I was hoping to see, you know, a Hunter Renfro come in here. You know, I don't think Hunter Renfro has uh, more than two catches in a game this season. He'd come in here and instantly be your wide receiver too. Uh, so I, I was just disappointed to see the Jets not do anything to at least bring a receiver in here, because I feel like that's always the answer when you can't fix the offensive line, uh, especially when you see, what wide receivers go for nowadays. Well, so uh, part part of me kind of does agree. I do think that there could have been, again, Randall Cobb gets a healthy and active uh, for this game. You know, we, we've been, we've been on here kind of ripping uh, Randall Cobb and, you know, maybe he's just a Rogers guy and, or, well, I guess now we can kind of tell that he was just a Rogers guy, but you know, we, when, when he goes down, you're hoping to see, you know, a little bit more from Gibson, a little bit more from, from really anyone. And you did it. It was just, it was the same plan. It was Garrett Wilson. Uh, if no Garrett Wilson, throw it to Brees Hall. I mean, even, even a Dalvin cook screen, Dalvin cook, how does he come in here and have a game where he doesn't have a single catch, not even a single target for Dalvin cook. And I mean, and he's another one that you, we spoke about the trade deadline. Like what use is Dalvin cook on this team? He's doing nothing. I'm, I'm not sure there is one. I'm not sure yeah, there's not. And then, you know, you want to point out, you know, Brees Hall to be your bell cow running back in a pouring, a pouring rain game where you were within a touchdown within a field goal for most of this game. How does Brees Hall get 12 carries? How does that happen? You know, especially when he, when he's the only spark you had for an hour of gameplay. Yeah. And, and he, he has the great play, which I'll be honest. I don't want to be like, sound like a, you know, I'm, I'm hating on the guy or anything, but, I think that was more just horrible tackling, a horrible defense by the Giants on that long touchdown than it was Brees Hall making a great play. Am I wrong there? No. Even if you disagree. I'm not even looking to just pick that that play apart or anything. I, I just – I mean, you're right. 12 carries isn't enough. And, and like, if you know, we, I don't like to, you know, parse through stats or anything like that, but, you know, you take out that – that Brees Hall 50 yard let's be honest that was a check down that was a check down pass that good solid NFL defenders on most teams on most Sundays in most conditions make that tackle and it's like a you know let's say an eight yard gain at the most Zach Wilson's numbers look absolutely abysmal you know with let's just say he that that instead of going for 50 and a touchdown that that uh throw to Brees Hall goes for eight and a uh eight and just another a solid gain you're looking at Zach Wilson of, you know, 17 of 36 for less than 200 yards and no touchdowns, four sacks and two fumbles lost. That's ugly. That is well, that's really the thing ugly. because, you know, it's easy for us to come on here and say, how does Brees Hall have 12 carries? Like, I, I totally understand. But when you're two for 15 on third down, I mean, where are the carries going to come from? Yeah, well, you're right. But I think, you know, uh, we've been on here. We've been saying constantly, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. If if you're not going to run the ball, to me, I'm of the belief that if you don't trust your quarterback, first and second down need to be some version of a running play, whether it be an end around or uh, even one of those extended RPOs. When was the last time we saw the Jets run an RPO? Every other team runs it. Every other team runs an RPO. They don't trust their quarterback to do much of anything. Yeah, and, and it's just a, not a good place to be. Like, even, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to be here, sit here and say that I wanted the Jets to make a move for a quarterback. But we just saw, you know, Kirk Cousins goes down, and literally, like, the next within the next 48 hours, they make a trade for Josh Dobbs, who, uh, let's be honest, would be an upgrade from Zach Wilson. He would. Yeah, yeah. I, it kind of makes you scratch your head and say, like, well, why why wasn't this something the Jets considered in September? Even, even if you were going to go with Zach Wilson. Yeah, and and I think that you know now at this point I think uh, you know if you're not going to get a guy who's going to really take you over the over I guess that proverbial hump of the NFL. This is Zach Wilson's team. Yeah, and, and I think it's you know it, sometimes it sounds like me trying to kind of defend Zach Wilson, and it's not. But like unless you're bringing in like a you know a solid you know a guy who's got 
proven pedigree and that will certainly be able to take you to that next level, you know, you, you might as well just see what you got at Zach Wilson and keep your assets. I, I don't think that's too crazy. No, no, I'm with you. And yeah, it looks like that's what they've, they've done. Yeah. And, I, you know, I don't want to – it doesn't sound like, you know, it's hard for – it's it would be delusional if anyone on the Jets coaching, coaching staff or, you know, even Brees Hall comes out after the game and says, yeah, we got the win, but I, don't, I didn't like how the offense performed. And I'm not going to say that it sounded like, you know, they, they've changed their tune on Zach Wilson – because I think there's, you know, there it's almost like half-hearted compliments. It's like, yeah, you're okay. You're good. Zach Wilson's okay. Like, it's not like, you know, fully backing the guy up, right? It's almost like they're they're just saying, like, yeah, it kind of is what it is sort of thing. And it's it's yeah. a weird place to be in. And, you know, I I you like to have seen a lot of steps by Zach Wilson here. And, look, not for nothing, I was very, very impressed. And almost part of me – was like you know when I see him make those couple of throws with the you know was it 25 seconds left in the clock and they get into field goal range and they get a 50 yard or 40 yard pass interference to put them down uh within the five to end the game no let's why doesn't Zach Wilson do that more like it's one thing to put your defense in bad positions and yeah we get it if he throws if he throws an interception sucks but like you know we're we're seeing from the jump from first down like the scripted those those scripted first drives that it's just nothing special. And part of me is, I guess what I'm trying to get at here is part of me is obviously I don't think Zach Wilson and they don't trust Zach Wilson enough. And I think not, that's not coming from his performance more so than I'm kind of being able to tell that by the play calling. Yeah. Well, why is it to you that Zach Wilson seems to only play well, or at least, at least play at his best and most consistently when there's nothing to lose. Why does that happen? Because it's in these two minute drills, he's been like near perfect this season. And I don't know if it's a game flow thing. Maybe it's about not going through progressions, but he already doesn't go through progressions. I mean, he's eyeing down Garrett Wilson every snap. So why, why is it that when the jets are moving quickly, when it's no huddle, he seems to make throws that, it's like I just watched for 57 minutes. You didn't make one of these. Yeah, it's you're you're 100 right. It's really weird. And again, I think that's I don't even think that's like a talent thing because again, he's make he is doing he's making the throws. And it's just like they're not like I would love to see Zach Wilson operate in a hurry up offense like he does in with you know 20 seconds left and kind of scrambling and you know I I think sometimes when people I feel like a lot of coaching staffs are are not very like open to, to kind of going in with a game plan like that. But sometimes, you know, when you get your, your proverbial feet out from under you and you're actually moving around and making plays, sometimes that's when the best of you comes out. And, and maybe that's what Zach Wilson is. We, and maybe that's where they need to tap into. Yeah. And they haven't, we, we've kind of been asking them to start to utilize the legs of Zach Wilson. They haven't done it. Um, I have, uh, I have two, uh, I have two, I don't want to call them like, like disses or bashes, but um, two critiques for both head coaches here. And uh, we'll start with the Jets. Uh, after this game ended, and like I said earlier, I, I was saying, you know, I, I'm not sure I even want to see anyone celebrating this win. It, it was that, you know, it was that ugly. The Giants had a 99.9% chance of winning with 24 seconds left, you know? Yeah. And then Salah goes to the podium and, preaches this kings of new york and blah 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 and it was very it weird. Was corny it was lame you should have lost the game and if you had it would have it would have just been the polar opposite of what it was that press conference um it, it just kind of bugged me um so it, that, that's my that's my robert Sala critique for the week uh and on the brian dable side this is an in-game one were you scratching your head when the giants elected to receive the ball to begin overtime Oh yes! What I thought that was, was that? That was after after having negative nine passing yards. Yeah, that I was just really I, weird. I couldn't like believe it because your only chance to win the game was like, what if we really like we get a turnover or like we make a stand on defense? You know, we win the game with the field goal. They give the ball to it. it made no sense. Yeah, it, and it's it was like I don't want to say it was even like overthinking, but like, or or I, I don't know if. Like they, they just thought, you know, let's this Dable kind of saw that as an opportunity to instill a little bit of confidence in his offense, or maybe they just thought that, that 
Barkley would could be able to continue his dominance on the ground, but you put your your third string quarterback in the pouring rain against arguably, you know, and I don't even think it's arguable, a top five defense in the NFL. <laughs> that is, I don't want to say it's a fireable offense because I, I still think that Dables is kind of working with whatever he's got, but that is that's as borderline a fireable offense as it gets. Yeah, yeah. That, like, that's a loss. You know, New Jersey kid, which is kind of you know. I mean, it's kind of strange to just be thrown, you know, into the into an ugly MetLife Bowl out of nowhere. Probably didn't think he was going to see a football field. Uh, yeah, no, time. definitely not. And I think that, you know, we, there's been a lot of talk kind of already within, you know, within hours of the within an hour of the game ending. And then the, obviously the next couple of days following that, you know, how is how is that your roster construction? Like there's not you couldn't pull Matt Ryan out of the booth for you know, 4 million, just hold a clipboard for 99% of the season. Or just anyone. Like, yeah, I don't like think anyone, anyone would have even killed you for like a Tim Boyle. Yeah. Someone like literally anyone with NFL experience with a pulse would have been better. Yes. And, yeah. and it's so actually today I'll, we'll start talking about some roster moves, but um, the, the Giants signed Matt Barkley, who has worked with Dable in the past as a backup in Buffalo. Um, and again, I'm sure they would have loved to have him, uh, come in for this game and honestly if if Matt Barkley's in this I can't believe I'm saying this but if Matt Barkley's in this game for the Giants they probably win the game oh my god I can't believe this game that we had to watch that yeah just had to say that yeah that's so that's that's the point we're at for the Giants um I guess I guess a little bit of positive I guess for the Giants a little bit I guess uh for the Jets sure um today was the NFL trade deadline uh the commanders get rid of their two uh, big uh, defensive lineman in Montez Sweat and um, uh, Chase Young. So those the Jets play them later in the season. That should be a little bit of an easier game for them. Giants obviously play them again. I, I don't know where the Giants might be in terms of the tank, but or embracing the tank at that point. But um, obviously, you know, for as far as Chase Young, there was a lot of talk that you know he would be in Washington for a long time. He goes. He goes to uh to the 49ers, and you're if you're the Giants, you know you don't have to see him twice a year anymore, which is I guess for the future of the Giants a good thing because he's a game wrecker. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as of now, at, at two and six, um, yeah, I I think the the only theme of the uh, for the Giants moving forward is like it, it's just Daniel Jones fighting for his uh, NFL life. I think that's really that's the only reason to tune into the giants. I think the season's over. Yeah. And, and honestly, like, so I, I do think the season is definitely over, but if you look at like, you know, a guy like Barkley or a guy like a Daniel Jones, like how, how do you think they're, they're feeling now about like, you know, Barkley was already hurt. He's coming back. He came back from injury and he, he again, he looked, he looked really good at this. I thought this was the healthiest Barkley looked maybe all season uh, against the jets. And, you know, if you're him or you're Daniel Jones, who, I've already overcome injuries this year and we're already declaring the season as like a lost season. I mean, how do you really get up for the rest of the season? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Especially a guy like Barkley. Why am I playing? I'm yeah. as fresh as I'm going to be now. Yeah, exactly. So like if you're Barkley, you know, you're going to end up on a team that's might finish the season with four or five wins. Yeah. Uh, and then you're going to, and you're going to have another contract dispute this off season. Uh, I mean, look, I'm off. I get you're putting out tape for, I guess, other teams, but yeah, but he's kind of already auditioned. He, he's yeah, like, good. like I liken it to like a big thing in college football now is like if you're a big recruit in high school, people are just sitting out their senior season and saying, you know, I already have my tape. You know who I am, and I'm just going to sit out so so I know I I can go to whatever school I want to without worrying about getting hurt in my senior season. Mm-hmm. This is Barkley's senior high school season, essentially. Again. Again, and I, yeah. I really don't think, uh, you know, I think they're just kind of pushing it down the line. But if I had to guess, I would guess that the the Giants take this season and kind of start cutting ties with guys that, you know, maybe looking for, I don't want to say Dable, but maybe looking for a different identity. Uh, I, I think that if the Giants do anything but draft the best offensive line talent, if they, again, if the Giants find themselves with, you know, the one or the two pick, I think they'd obviously have to go with Caleb Williams or Marvin Harrison. I think that's just, uh, or, or, uh, the kid from, uh, North Carolina may. Well, so I mean, like, up- time will tell. I mean, th- there could be a point where the giants are saying like, 
we need a quarterback this year. We're, we're not going to have a better spot than this, we hope. Yeah, and also, too, like, you know, Daniel Jones' contract, after this season, it's going to be a very trade-friendly contract. No, like, they, they could just, yeah, they wash their hands of it. And, and yeah, he's not going to be offered a fifth year. I mean, I mean, uh, what's it called? The uh, contract after the fifth year. Yeah, the, what, whatever it's called, they're, they're not going to, they're not going to – I really don't think – if they if this season continues the way it's going, I really don't think Daniel Jones – or I, I don't think Daniel Jones will be, like, as a, as much of a priority as he was this offseason um, or this past offseason. And, and I think that, you know, not for nothing, I've liked – I've been a Daniel Jones uh, supporter, and I, I like what I've seen when he's fully healthy and, on a, you know, has a viable offensive line. And I think there's going to be a real market for him. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's going to be a team that that's going to I don't want to say like, you know, Daniel Jones is going to bring anyone to the promised land. But I'll be honest, I'd feel if if Rodgers, let's just say for shits and gigs, Rodgers can't come back next year. Or, you know, all this is just kind of all this, you know, he's coming back. He's just fodder and he he's deemed not healthy to play next year. If you put if you put uh, Daniel Jones on the Jets, they're yeah. they're much more formidable than they are now. Yeah, I remember having this conversation, you know, late uh, at the end of uh, last season being like, you know, if the Giants were to move on, I would take him. Oh, easily. And I think that he would he would fit kind of seamlessly, especially he's like, a honestly, he's the perfect guy for the job. But like, I, I definitely think that there's a team that will see Daniel Jones and and kind of just chalk him up to say, you know, I don't know if he's really necessarily injury prone. He was just getting kind of put on his ass every play because he was on a bad team. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, long, long season ahead. Um, a win's a win for the Jets. We say it all the time. I feel like I think one of our podcast episodes is literally a win is a win, uh, which has kind of been the summary of this Jets season. Um, but th- this is a ugly win, but I guess I guess we'll take it. The Jets have the Chargers on Monday night, um, which, you know, they're home. I don't want to say they, they should win that game, but that that team plays doesn't play. The Chargers don't play a lick of defense. Um, and the the Jets have a, a good defense, a great defense that has given much better quarterbacks than Justin Herbert fits. So uh, yeah. I, I think uh, the Jets know, should I win that I don't think they're going to be favored, but they, they've only been favorites one time this year, and, and they're four and three. So it's irrelevant to me. Yeah, no, you're you're right. It'll it'll be interesting to see what the uh, what what that line ends up at. I don't I don't have it in front of me right now, but. Um, if you have, if you don't have any other thoughts, we can get to a little bit of uh, some of our thoughts around the league. Um, yeah. The the Buffalo Bills on Thursday night. I kind of already spoke about that. I think I spoke about that with Brandon, I believe. But uh, the Bills uh, beat the the Buccaneers twenty four to eighteen. Uh, kind of an expected outcome here. This was this game was a lot closer than uh, I think the score. I mean, a lot uh, a lot more lopsided than the score might say. Uh, the Bills kind of had their way with the the Buccaneers most of the game. Kind of some really strange like plays at the end of this game. There was a hail mary at the very end that I thought if Chris Godwin turned around, he had a an easy catch. Uh, really kind of weird way to end that game. Did, were you able to watch that one on Thursday? Do you remember it at least? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it, it definitely a weird one, but uh, the Bills the Bills definitely um, handled their business. Uh, the Jets see them in a couple weeks. Um, first game uh, we'll, we'll get to on Sunday, Dallas kind of trounces the, the Rams 43 to 20. Dallas is is being weird again. Yeah. Dallas is doing Dallas things. Matt Stafford gets hurt in this game. Uh, again, they're in a position where it isn't even worth rolling out an unhealthy Matt Stafford. Uh, they're kind of what we've been high on the Rams, obviously, but they're kind of very much like, you know, three and five, third and third in the, uh, NFC West there. Weird spot there, so we'll be remain to be seen there. And then, uh, when the Jet do the Giants play the, the Cowboys again, they do, right? Yeah, I mean they have to. So the uh, yeah, that that might be. Uh, I mean, so actually, the Giants play the Cowboys not this week, but the following week, and that could get really ugly, really, really ugly. It's in, yeah. it's in, uh, it's in Dallas too. So that would be a um, that's going to be definitely an ugly one. Um, yeah, all right, well, let's just hope that you know. Basically, our neighbor from down the street isn't playing quarterback again. Yeah, hope not. Um, next game, the Green Bay Packers hosting the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings win twenty-four to ten, but ultimately end up as losers as Kirk Cousins out for the year. This torn was a Achilles. shame. 
Yeah, you know, they, I mean, they were turning it on again, and it, it kind of looked like, you know, maybe Justin Jefferson will be back, and, you know, this team can make another run. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying it's a shame because I have any sort of investment or anything like this, uh, like that, but, um, you know, it, it, it sucks to see anyone get hurt. So, um, and uh, this is who we talked about uh, bringing in Joshua Dobbs. Yeah, so they bring in Josh Dobbs uh, today at the deadline, which he's going to be, he'll, he'll make them formidable. I think that, you know, they, they get a win here with, without Kirk Cousins. I guess, I mean, he played most of this game, but um, they, you know, they, they're, they're in a decent spot here. Uh, and then as for the Packers, they started off the season pretty hot and have just looked uh, abysmal uh, of late. Uh, I mean, Jordan Love leading rusher there with 34 yards, just ugly, ugly, ugly. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to see what the Packers do going forward uh, rest of the year. Obviously, it's kind of the Jordan Love experiment this year, but um, yeah. let's, you know, and it looks very like still Cousins is going to be uh, in, a, in another uniform next year. Yeah, I would probably venture to guess that he played his last down as a Minnesota Viking. Get him back in Washington. Uh, I think they like Sam Howell. Eh. We'll get we'll get to that game in a minute. The next game, I was talking about a, a young quarterback. The Tennessee Titans beat the Atlanta Falcons twenty eight to twenty three. Will Levis two hundred thirty eight yards passing in his uh, debut. DeAndre Hopkins three touchdowns, one hundred twenty eight yards. Derrick Henry with a with a hundred yard performance. Uh, did Will Levis unlock this Tennessee team? <laughs> yeah, and he, I mean, he got D uh, Hop going. Um, funny story, we do have a member in our fantasy league who benched DeAndre Hopkins for one Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, I laughed at that for about 15 minutes yesterday. Yes, yeah, and ultimately lost by uh, a very, very manageable yeah, margin, margin. I'll say. Yeah, very, like, so even half of DeAndre Hopkins might have gotten the win there. Yeah. So uh, just oh, uh, aside, aside from fantasy, uh, I thought Levis looked good. I, I This was another game that I watched in the condensed format. He's a, he's a gunslinger, man. He's slinging the ball down the field. And I still think DeAndre Hopkins, maybe he can't do this every single week, but you throw DeAndre Hopkins the ball most times, most times you'll be successful. Yeah. And I mean, and, and, you know, what can Derrick Henry do on the ground if they have a guy back there who's capable of really slinging the ball around? I mean, we'll see if this is uh you know, if he's going to be able to repeat something like this, but I, I think a, a player like that under center, it, that could be all it takes to kind of make Tennessee fun again. Yeah. I'll, I'm definitely going to be locked into uh, Tennessee going forward, especially if Levis is the quarterback. Uh, interesting that, you know, I know Tannehill is, is not hundred percent healthy, but interesting that, like, you know, this Levy's performance didn't kind of catapult, like, a Tannehill trade somewhere. Like, what I would have been stunned to see Tannehill get moved to the Vikings or the Jets, you know? I guess. But, but albeit, uh, that window has, has gone and passed. Uh, next game, the New Orleans Saints put up 38 points and beat the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, it seems like all of the, the fun Colts magic might have left. Um, but 38 points on this Colts defense in Indianapolis – not a good look. Uh, I thought Derek Carr probably played his best game, 310 yards passing, but I, I still don't think this Saints team is anything. Yeah, I think this is all part of the uh, the Derek Carr experience. Yeah, you're gonna ha- you're gonna put up 40 one week, and then next week he'll look like he doesn't know what the shape of football is. That's that is Derek Carr. Yeah, leading so, rusher Taysom Hill. Yeah, I, I love Taysom Hill, man. He's the man. I would I would die for Taysom Hill on my team. He can do everything. I guess, you know, I mean, I think, I think the, I mean, would the Giants die for Taysom Hill on their team? Yeah. Cause he would have stepped in and played quarterback. Day, yeah. 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 You know, but, um, but like you and your flag football, Brian might've been a better option than Tommy DeVito. Very debatable. Depends on who you ask. Um, next game, big, uh, AFC East showdown, the new England Patriots lose to the Miami Dolphins 31 17 uh kind of ho-hum here for the Dolphins um I thought the the Patriots kind of in the first half they were hanging around a little bit and then the Dolphins just kind of uh asserted their dominance for lack of a better term and kind of just blew the doors off them uh Tua with another 300 yard passing performance uh your boy Jalen Waddle 121 yards is the leading receiver um Dolphins clicking on all cylinders yeah and I mean a big win for them um they sweep the Patriots Obviously, nobody's all that high in the Patriots or thinks they're going to make any sort of noise. But uh, I think any team's goal is to try to sweep as many opponents in your division as you can. Yep, and then uh, the Dolphins uh, are just—I I hate that I that I have to root against the Dolphins because they—they really—they look like they're a lot of fun to 
to to watch. Yeah, and honestly, I think the the matchup with the Jets is going to be a, a fun one because it's going to be probably you know the 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 best offense in football. I think we can pretty much safely say against the team that might not be the best overall defense, but they're going to come in as the best offense in football against a team that has shut down elite offenses. Yeah. So they're going to be an they're, they're look to win with 10 points, which is not going to happen. So yeah. uh, definitely, uh, definitely going to be an interesting one there. So Jalen um, Ramsey comes back, uh, gets a pick. Yes. Uh, on uh, Again, I don't want to, I don't want to read too much into the Patriots. I just think they're, they're kind of shit, but they, they they hung in this game for a little bit. I thought it was a very respectable performance by the Patriots. Is that mm-hmm. too nice? That's fair. Yeah. Um, next game, admittedly, did not watch a single snap from uh, Jacksonville head to Pittsburgh and uh, handle their business twenty to ten. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne. This I think this offense is uh, clicking. They they're winning games that they should win. Uh, winning game winning a game in Pittsburgh, kind of handedly a little bit uh, is is pretty impressive the Jaguars are um you know I think they there's a stat that that Brandon shared that you know in their last like 17 games or so their only losses have come to the Chiefs or something like that so maybe they're just very falsely uh rated as like that middle ground um but uh yeah I thought I thought the Jaguars uh, interesting to see what the Jaguars uh trajectory leads them to because they they could be a sneaky team in this AFC yeah, that, that's that's a that's a nice win yeah, uh, in Pittsburgh against my guy Mike Tomlin. The next game, we kind of hinted at it, uh, NFC East battle, but the Philadelphia Eagles headed to Washington to play the now tanking, openly tanking uh, Washington Commanders. Who, let's be honest, the Commanders had the lead by m- multiple possessions in the first half. Philly comes back and, and just kind of puts on a show here in the second half. Sam Howell, three hundred ninety-seven passing yards. Um, AJ Brown continues his uh, 125 plus yard streak. He's now the NFL, I believe, he's the all time leader in consecutive games with 125 plus yards. He puts up 130 this week. The Eagles are a machine, but I think their defense is a little overrated. And I think that that was shown this week. Yeah, I think when the Eagles um, were six and zero, there were times when we would talk about them and Kansas City in the same breath and say, like, you know, they're still not there yet. They're still not that same team. Um, and now we've seen the Eagles lose to the Jets and almost lose to Washington since then. Um, I, you know, obviously no concerns about Philadelphia or anything like that. I think they're an elite offense. I think we've seen them be a very good defense at times. Um, but I just think this year in the NFL, it's kind of like, you know, the year of the upset the and, and the year of the potential upset. Yeah, uh, definitely. It's definitely been a weird NFL season. And I think that for most of that game, you probably thought, wow, is this going to be a, uh, is this going to be a week where the Eagles just, just, lose to the commanders the lowly commanders uh and, and again 38 points is you know that they're i think it's it's almost like i don't want to say it's more impressive but when when you give up 31 and then find a way for your offense to click and ultimately end up scoring 38 to win uh you know kind of in a way picking up your defense it's it's pretty impressive so i think the eagles are what i'm trying to say is the eagles are a team that i think will be able to win in a, in sort of defensive struggle games and i think they're also a team that can hang with a uh, Miami you know, on an offensive term. So uh, clicking on all cylinders there for the Eagles. Uh, next game, bit of an upset here. Uh, the Carolina Panthers beat the Houston Texans 15 to 13 ugly game here. Um, and, and they, did you watch the very, very end of this game when they kicked a field goal? I didn't, uh, but this was one of my picks. So by the time I saw it was dead, I kind of stopped paying, paying attention to it on red zone. So you so it definitely was dead, you know, regardless of what happened the last play. But last play of the game was thirteen to twelve. Car- uh, Houston was winning, and the they uh, he, Carolina was going for a field goal to win, and they kicked a field goal. They're they're lining up to kick the field goal. Someone on the Carolina or the Houston defense gets a penalty. They move it up. Gets another penalty back to back. They kick the field goal, right? They make the field goal, but because. There's some weird rule that like at the end of the game or so, if you have multiple penalties, you you'll get like a personal foul. They they actually said that they the kick went up and was good and they start celebrating. And then because of that rule, they stopped it. And then they said it's like a it's a before snap penalty. So the kick was up and good. But because it was a before snap penalty, they made the kicker kick again. And he made he makes it again, ultimately. But like if you're a Panthers fan, 
I'm sure, you know, in this kind of long season as a Panthers fan, you're probably like, oh, my God, no way. He's easily going to miss this. Uh, but albeit he makes it, I definitely suggest Googling or Googling, what am I, 50? Going on YouTube and, and looking up the end of this game um, because it was, I think if this happened to the Jets, I think the people would be screaming on New York radio the next day. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to because I was unfamiliar and I'm, I'm not really sure I understand the rule. So I will look into that. Like apparently there's a rule that like if you if you're deemed to ha- like I think that what the guy was doing was all he was doing was just like touching one of the offensive lineman's helmets like to kind of just get the offsides penalty like intentionally like throwing off the kicker like almost like icing the kicker on purpose but with a penalty you know what I mean so but I think there's a rule or I guess I know yeah, there's that, a rule that it's pretty snap but I feel like I, I don't know get get in the rule book and fix that yeah I that's what I think it's gonna be it's like one of those weird scenarios that like they're gonna have to just say like. Maybe they they it wasn't make it declinable. The, yeah, it wasn't declinable, so they made him kick it again. Right. But you know that would just been infuriating if I was a fan of the uh, the, the Panthers. So mm. um, next game, the Cleveland Browns head to Seattle and lose to the Seattle Seahawks twenty four to twenty. Good game here by by Seattle all around. You know, put up twenty four points against a very very uh, well renowned defense in the Cleveland Browns. Um, you know, Seattle's Seattle is like the most mid team of mid teams, two mid teams right here. I think the Browns and the C- and the Seahawks. Uh, yeah, th- they are. And that's why watching this game, um, it was the first time that, and it's crazy to say coming off of that, uh, that jet performance, because this was a four o'clock game, right? This was the first of the four o'clocks. Yes. And e- even if it wasn't, even if it was a one o'clock it was it was strange to sit there and watch a game like this, you know, Brown Seahawks, where I don't really care about it, and still able to find a rooting interest, just being like, well, you know, the Jets are in it, so uh, you know, if the Browns could take a loss here, that would be great. So, um, you know, got to pay attention to a good amount of this game, um, kind of a boring one, but I, I, I really, I love the Seattle uh, uniforms. Yeah, I think that that's honestly the big takeaway here, the Seattle. It, it is, it is. Um, I, I want to buy a Geno one. Of course, you do. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so good win there for, for Jeff fans. Um, next game, maybe the weirdest on the slate, the Denver Broncos hosting the Kansas city chiefs, Patrick Mahomes openly having, uh, I think receiving IVs before the game, uh, openly dealing with some flu symptoms and, you know, he, he played a good game, but no touchdowns couldn't get in the end zone. I think it was maybe, I think I saw a stat. that was the first time in his career that he, uh, did fail to throw a touchdown. Um, they lose 24 to nine to the Denver Broncos. Um, if, if there's one thing the Denver Broncos can do, it's, it's play offense defense, different story. They, they, before this game couldn't stop a nosebleed. I think they gave up uh, 25 points every week prior, uh, I believe um, something like that, or maybe uh, all besides one, uh, whatever they're they're They rank bottom in defense uh, in, in many categories. So to hold the chiefs to, uh, nine points here, uh, regardless of how uh, Patrick Mahomes felt, uh, is kind of an impressive one. Yeah, they made big plays. Um, it's funny, now you look at Patrick Mahomes, and the only two quarterbacks he's been outdueled by are uh, Zach Wilson and Russell Wilson. Um, I didn't even know about the um, the flu until about the fourth quarter. So I was, like, really enjoying this game. Um, you know, rooting for Denver and especially because of my fantasy matchups, uh, you know, and all that. Um, and then I found out that, you know, Patrick Mahomes has the flu and, and whatnot. So uh, not not an accurate representation of Kansas City there. But um, just because I am keeping track, uh, Taylor Swift is now four. Uh, was she? They're four and oh with Taylor Swift in attendance and oh and two without. So she'll she'll be at the Chiefs. Uh, actually, not not next week. Uh, there's the Chiefs play this week or they have their bye next week. I think they have their bye week 10, I believe they have their bye. No, this, so, this is their bye. This is their bye this week. This this upcoming week. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, uh, no, are you sure? I think it's week 10. Let me double Ryan check that. Ryan sent the screenshot earlier. About that's, how- that's for next week. So, this week they have the 930 game in Germany, and then they have their bye. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miami against Kansas City in Germany. If you are a If you are a ticket holder for that game, boy, are you lucky. Because you're gonna get a gem that you're really gonna get it. That might be the. That's if I'm London, game. I feel so shafted. Yeah, you're you're not wrong because you get some shit games. You get the the Jaguars and the Falcons. Yeah, like every <laughs> every week. 
Yeah, it's it's crazy. And then you go to Germany. One maybe maybe the NFL script is just written. It and might, they might be the, the game of the game. year. Yeah, hopefully the the Chiefs can put up more than nine points this time. So yeah, uh, yeah, that's going to be. I mean, if you're a fan of offensive football, Andy Reid against McDaniel next week. Uh, go, everyone else, go take notes. I think I think the NFL, or the Jets, the Giants, as for the local teams, the coaches should set aside a, a window for the the all the offensive coaches on their team to just take notes of that game regardless of what the outcome is because you know there's going to be someone's going to put up points it's going to work on on one side so yeah lock uh, zach wilson up you know in a room somewhere and just put the tv on yeah (laughs) like roll like in uh, elementary school he's to roll in the 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 big tv for like a movie day yeah (laughs) do that i think that just meant your teacher was hungover yeah low key low key yeah um Next game, kind of, kind of, I guess, an expected outcome, but a little bit of a, a closer game than we thought. Uh, the infamous uh, final Josh Dobbs Cardinals game. Uh, the Ravens beat the Cardinals thirty-one to twenty-four. Um, the Ravens, I think, the Ravens are approaching that territory. Other than the Lions game, they're approaching that territory where they're just going to play real games every week. Like they're going to just be in for whatever reason, let the other team hang around. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's kind of like again, I've I've kind of spoken highly of teams that do that because you know I want to say like it's like training wheels, but like you got to kind of figure that teams that are just like the Dolphins, right? So the Dolphins are kind of when they win, they're kind of playing in non-competitive games. I don't know how that how that's really going to bode well for for them in the playoffs. So I think for the the Ravens to kind of have that practice is maybe alarming if you want to look at it one way, but I think I kind of can take a spin it the other way and say that. You know, they being in so many close games for the for the entirety of the season, uh, it kind of builds a little bit of, I guess, mental toughness in a way. Does that make sense? Well, good because by that logic, the Jets are ready to fight a world war. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but I guess let's see. Let's wait for the Jets to put up twenty plus points. How about that? Yeah, uh, the so. Cardinals have kind of been impressive. Um, uh, uh, Jobs obviously out now. I'm not sure when we're going to see Kyler Murray. They didn't answer if it was going to be this week uh, or not, or if it was going to be by week nine, something like that. Uh, but we'll see him with this group eventually. See if he uh, has anything left. I guess. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. I, I hope that Dobbs can go to the uh, go to the Vikings and kind of he's played well. I, you know, if there's anything oh, that, yeah. that you he's can say about the Cardinals, just about every game. Yeah, they, they've been and they put up like decent numbers. And again, he's been doing this. Without James Conner, he's James Conner's been on the IR, and he's uh, by far the best uh, offensive weapon on this Arizona Cardinals team. Uh, and, you know, to put up 24 points against a defense that, like the Ravens, that is if the best, if not one of the best defenses in football, pretty impressive. So, yeah. um, uh, you know, I, I think the Cardinals are definitely kind of, not to say happy about losing per se, but, like, I wouldn't say they're distraught by the result um, <laughs> by any stretch of the word. So, uh, definitely good effort there by the Cardinals, but uh, Ravens keep rolling. A uh, couple more games left to get to. This was a, another one of the stunners of the week. Not to me, because I had the Bengals as my pick. Nice pick, Sam. Thank you very much. Good job. Uh, Bengals beat the, since, beat the San Francisco 49ers in San Francisco 31-17. Uh, I have a quick little fun story about this game. So I was in Texas this weekend. And Sunday at about like five or six o'clock, whenever the or maybe it was closer to six thirty-seven, uh, I we went to some random bar just to kind of you know uh, drink, watch some football, whatever. Uh, they were supposed to have live music on, and the live music got pushed back because of this game. It was a San Francisco 49ers bar. Doesn't make any sense to me, but as I'm walking in, I see the score on the board, and I see all these sad 49er fans heading for the exits. Well, that's like anything. Like you could walk around Manhattan and find like a Vikings bar. Yeah, I never really like knew that really existed. Oh, yeah, yeah. You could sometimes there's like colleges. Uh, it's strange. Well, colleges, I get. Like, I guess colleges. You know, sometimes you could find like you know, you're right. Like finding a bar or like you know somewhere that a lot of people just flock to. But I just never knew it happened for an NFL team in a non NFL city, not even remotely close. Well, I, I think I know the answer to this not because i've read it anywhere just because it feels obvious um but i will ask it to you anyway and we're just gonna assume that my answer is the correct answer or we'll we'll just we'll go by my opinion here go ahead what professional sports team do you think has the most 
just mislocated bars just dedicated to the team? Like, which do you see the most of? Uh, well, being that I didn't, re- I don't really like, I didn't really know that was a thing prior. I don't know really how to answer that question. Why? What would you say? There's just Green Bay ones everywhere. I feel like, and I don't know <laughs> the, why. The Rogers effect. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, they've been. I guess they're just like a classic uh, team with you know they've had a they had a long stretch of success with Favre to Rogers and now the Jordan Love days. I don't know, that, but very very strange. But nonetheless. I think the Bengals are back. Uh, I think they're this so is, back. Thir- yeah. 31 on, on this defense is just incredibly impressive. Um, yeah. I, I'm not really quite worried about the 49ers yet. I think Brock Purdy's become, you know, he's become a little bit too comfortable with the uh, with the turnover every now and then. He's kind of thrown a crucial interception back-to-back weeks now. Uh, McCaffrey is the entire offense right now without uh, Debo Samuel. You know, we're not even seeing Ayuk really put up the sort of numbers he used to last year. Obviously, he is coming off a 100-yard game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, it's kind of the McCaffrey show, and uh, and Kittle's good for 70 yards a game. And I, I don't know. They, they I think they're going to be fine. I, I just think the Bengals – I mean, would you argue that the Bengals could be the team to beat in the AFC? I'm, I'm not sure that you could after you're watching – the way Kansas City's played and the way Buffalo's played, I think Cincinnati's kind of reclaimed their spot right at the top. Yeah, and, and I think they're, they uh, a lot of the the talk around the Bengals was that they got they had an early buy and it, they, it was it probably came at the right time because Burrow was still kind of getting healthy and all they they a lot of times coaches will will lie in their coach speak and say like yeah you know just needed that week to get healthy blah 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 but maybe they really just did need that week to get healthy because I think that since that week they've been. Uh, they've been they're back and I, this was a very impressive win and again didn't have a didn't really have the the podcast to um, kind of get my thoughts out about this game but as my pick my thought was this is the cheapest you'll get the Bengals and I think that the markets were not adjusted to uh, the 49ers struggles of late and I thought they it was essentially I was buying buying low on the uh, the Bengals and selling high on the 49ers and it worked out pretty well um, I'll say this about the 49ers you know, all the Brock Purdy concussion talk and whatnot, um, you obviously concerning health wise, but I think it's more so just, they're just, you know, there's so many injuries with Debo Samuel is such an, a weapon on this offense that he, and he's such a focal point of this offense that it, it's sometimes higher field. Yeah. And, and, and I think that it's, it's kind of undersung how good and important he is to this team. And I think it's, you know, when he goes into whatever contract talks he might go into, He's going to point at these last couple of games and say, like, all right, look what happened when I wasn't on the on the field. So, um, yeah, because you need a couple of guys to account for a Debo Samuel. Yeah, he's he's essentially, you know, you have a Christian McCaffrey and he's again, the touchdown streak and he's just an unbelievable player. But as far as, you know, everyone else, you know, Kittle's amazing, but he Debo is the machine that gets everything going. Yeah, so. We'll see. Yeah, what I, what I was hoping this would be a little bit better of a game. I, I really, I don't know. I, I feel like you, you're probably looking at the teams at the top of their conferences just so far, or at least at this point. Yeah, yeah, they're they're definitely. Uh, we'll see the 49ers down the road for sure. I'll say that. You know, like in the playoffs, they're they're the 49ers and Bengals. They'll we'll see we'll see them both in you know important games later in the season for sure. So. Um, next game, two teams that we might not see uh, uh, in important games later in the season. Actually, the last two games, we'll, I guess we'll go through really, really quick here. But um, the Bears uh, head to, headed to Los Angeles to play the Chargers. Chargers win 30-13. to 13. Uh, Was it Tyson Badgett is the, the name of the, the Chicago quarterback? Division yes. two Heisman gets the win against a, a putrid Raiders team last week. And kind of gets steamrolled here by the Chargers, and I thought this was the best the Chargers looked all year. Yeah, right back to work. Um, this is the best the Chargers have looked all year. This is the first time they've kind of really blown a team out. Uh, if you look at their record, it's not impressive. They've lost a lot of one-score games, uh, and that could really determine a team season. I mean, you know, look at a team like the Giants last year compared to this year, not getting the job done at the end of games. Um, so this was big for the Chargers. I kind of I had to watch this game and write a scouting report for Bob Sala. Um, he told me to have it on his desk uh, by Tuesday morning. So um, I don't want to give away any of that. 
Um, but yeah, I, this is, I think after watching this game, that's what solidified, uh, my mindset as to saying that, yeah, they're going to be favorites here in, uh, here in New York. Yeah. I, I think, uh, nice, nice teaser for the, the preview pod. Thank you very much for that. Um, we'll, we'll get into your, your scouting report when we talk, uh, kind of a weird week. So maybe we'll have to record maybe like a little a day later. Or so maybe on Saturday we'll record our, our, our preview pod, but, um, uh, yeah, definitely want to hear that. Uh, definitely, my eyes were definitely on the Chargers, knowing that the Jets had them uh, coming up. Um, and then the last game of the week, this was a 26-14. The, the Lions beat the uh, the Raiders. Um, wow, the Raiders are bad. I, I think they're in the conversation of uh, biggest dumpster fire, um, you know, in the entire in the entire league. And, and almost like it's it's not that they're the worst team in the league. I don't want to say that, but with the amount of money they have spent and the amount of, you know, shiny toys that they have, you know, if I told you, uh, you sign Jimmy Garoppolo, Jacoby Myers becomes a real threat. Devonte Adams is your number one receiver and Max Crosby's on your defense. You probably think that I'm talking about a playoff team, not the case, not even close. Yeah. Um, I think you mentioned it yesterday, uh, just bringing up, you know, if I'm Devonte Adams, boy, do I want out. I mean, I feel like the trade deadline is early in this league. Uh, Devontae yeah, Adams is right. going to be disgruntled uh, the rest of the way here. There's about 65% of the season left. Um, yeah, they 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 just – they're a dumpster fire. Yeah, they, it's they gave, really they, bad. Big money to to a quarterback that just isn't – they, they're just – I mean, they're not it. They're in yeah, a hole. I mean, there was multiple times – one specifically, there was like a 50-yard layup for Jimmy Garoppolo that he just misses Devontae Adams and – how can you not, I feel bad for Devonte Adams I really do um yeah. I, I didn't want I didn't, really don't even want to talk about this game too much um as for the Lions uh no David Montgomery uh they have their bye next week uh get him healthy probably will be back uh week 10 um but you know kind of after after getting getting embarrassed by the Ravens the the Lions bounce back uh I still like the Lions I think they're um I think they're they're going to be there again. Another team that's going to be playing important games down the stretch. They have all the talent. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, running back, uh, rookie running back, kind of fills in uh, the the shoes of David Montgomery and goes for 152 rushing yards, a Did touchdown. That was his first touchdown. I I, I could have sworn it wasn't. Yeah, no, he he because he's been kind of playing second fiddle the whole year. So you know they yeah. they've been it's been frustrating to fantasy owners like myself uh, who ha- kind of drafted him with the assumption that, you know, David Montgomery would fall in the back, uh, the background here. And I think that if anything, Gibbs kind of showed that, you know, he can handle a, a workload like this, albeit against, again, a dumpster fire of a team like the Raiders. But uh, I think that this, he just another shiny toy in this offense that with Amon Ra, with a healthy, um, with a healthy David Montgomery, and then with uh, the emergence of rookie Sam Laporta at tight end, this is a this is a this team might be a problem going forward. So uh, definitely going to be watching the Lions. So um, that'll do it for our week our week uh, eight wrap up. Let's real quick again long episode, but definitely wanted to get in some Knicks as they are actually about to tip off against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, let's let's be honest. They they a lot of expectations coming into this year. Uh, game one against the Celtics was. Look, you hung toe to toe with the Celtics game one. Uh, so many storylines of, you know, Porzingis' debut, all the everyone's kind of saying that the Celtics are the team to beat in the East. You hung with them toe to toe and your two your two stars in Brunson and Randall m- might have had their worst games of the season. So I, I it's very, very early to tell. Again, this is only the fourth game of the season uh, right now against the Cavs. So being one and two, obviously not going to overreact, but. I thought oh, yeah, no. this is, I mean, there, there's still going to be a period of gelling and kind of growth here. Um, yeah. Very early on. Yeah. And I think that the, the, the Knicks are, they're a team that, you know, they, they're, they're running it back essentially. Uh, Kurtzman and I, I spoke about that in our NBA preview pod. And uh, for, if any team was to run it back and any team was to kind of gel together more, you know, this is the team that that's going to do it because I think that, you know, the, the more that you get, you get some synergy between Brunson and Randall. Where, like, I don't know if I don't know if I I want to say like I felt like they were kind of playing two different games last year, but uh, I feel like there's certain points of games where I feel like it kind of fluctuates. Where it'll be like, all right, we're gonna run this offense through uh, Jalen Brunson uh, one one play, and the next play we're just gonna go ISO with Julius Randall. 
Whereas I think the the real true success of this team is going to come when both of those guys can kind of play side by side. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I, I've liked what I've seen. RJ Barrett's off to a, a pretty good start so far. Uh, Jalen Brunson had, a, had an amazing game against the Hawks. Uh, they're becoming a team that I think a lot of Nick fans just love to beat, uh, given all those ties to the, the playoffs a few years ago and whatnot. Um, but RJ early averaging 22 points is the leader of this team um, as well as shooting uh, close to 40% from three. Um, it'll be interesting to see what this team does because there's a lot of different storylines here where, you know, if the next season starts going South, they have a lot of, a lot of trade bait and a lot of assets that could bring them back up. If, if there's, and I think likewise, if the, the season kind of, they start overachieving a little bit, they can use those assets to kind of bolster some of the, the holes that they have. Mm -hmm. um, so definitely a long season. Again, not, not too much to talk about here. It's only three games into the season uh, as the fourth game is, is underway as we speak. Um, but any, any thoughts there on the Knicks? Any early thoughts? Anything stand out to you? Oh, is Donovan Mitchell playing? He, Donovan Mitchell is playing, but I, I, I believe the uh, no Darius Garland um, and no um, – there was someone else that was out too. I, I forget. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go through the go watch the game and to wait to find out who was out. But uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, you kind of already hit on it. Um, and this is you know, especially in the Boston game, and we saw this a lot towards the very end of last season, where there's times where R.J. Barrett kind of takes it to a, a different level, and you know, he'll lead the team in scoring some nights. And it's something that we, we used to see extremely rarely. And now it's it's kind of become the norm for R.J. Barrett. And to, to see him following it up early this season, I mean, it's intriguing. I mean, I, I guess there's still a world where, you know, th there's another level for R.J. Barrett to reach as a player. Yeah, and I think it's there's definitely been, been flashes of it. Again, he's the leading scorer in the team through, albeit three games, um, he, all his numbers look pretty good uh, other than his turnover numbers. Um, he, he's, he's up to three assists now. I'd like to see that get closer to four. Uh, I thought he's played well on defense. I'll say, you know, I guess my first initial thoughts of maybe a potential hole in this team is um, I think the, they're going to need to get a, a real backup center. Uh, you know, they like Isaiah Hartenstein. They like, you know, uh, they, they obviously Mitchell Robinson is their guy, but I think Mitchell Robinson is going to struggle with some of the elite centers in the league uh, in terms of foul trouble. And they're very, very thin in terms of, you know, just big men, you know, they have Jericho Sims and Hartenstein again, but those guys are, those guys are bench guys at best right now. I think they, they would benefit from getting like a real deal backup center uh, who can kind of be at, on par with a guy like Mitchell Robinson and, even I floated the idea of, you know, if Mitchell Robinson gets into foul trouble, go small, put Randall at the five. I think he could hang. He's strong enough. Uh, you know, I, I like to see what, what a backcourt of, of quickly and, and Brunson can do uh, maybe even getting Grimes in there with, with, um, with Brunson, you know, just, just to kind of spice it up. I think that a small lineup here could benefit uh, guys like RJ and guys like quickly and Grimes and DiVincenzo even who, uh, you know, you, you just and Josh Hart, you know, he, you like to see guys like that who maybe maybe guys that were role players once uh, kind of play in, in bigger roles if Mr. Robinson's kind of foul troubles continue. Um, but again, very very early in the season. I think I'm I'm still super high on the Knicks. I, I like what I see. I love Jalen Brunson. Um, and, and yeah, I think it's 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 all positive here on me from the Knicks. So uh, anything else there on, on the Knicks front? Uh, no, I just uh, want to uh, thank everyone for listening to me struggle to speak here. Um, it was tough to get a couple words out, words with R's, words with S's, words with T's, uh, but I'm playing through it. So uh, just want to apologize to everyone and um, thank you all for dealing with it. Honestly, you don't, you don't, you don't sound bad at all. Let's if be I hold like the the paralyzed side of my face out, like if I move my mouth outward a little bit, I can kind of enunciate a little better. Is that what you've been doing? Yes. Interesting. I uh, like to, we don't, we don't use video for some, from uh, behind the scenes. We don't really use video here. I'm just kind of talking to a black screen when we do this, but it would be some sort of content if this was a video podcast and we would be able to see that. Yeah. Yeah. It would be, <laughs> it would, would be interesting. So, um, well, thank you for your efforts. I appreciate it. And all the listeners definitely appreciate it as well. But if nothing else, thank you all for listening. Sorry again for not, not getting the 
a preview pod. Let's be honest, the, the Jets and Giants game truly didn't deserve one. Just an ugly, ugly all-around performance as we laid out. But follow us on all our socials. We'll have a preview pod for this week's uh, NFL slate coming up. We'll talk some, definitely want to talk some Nets as well. Going to get some hockey in here eventually too. As the hockey season gets under more so underway, we'll, we'll be tracking the Knicks obviously throughout as they currently have a five-point lead here on the Cavaliers. So thank you all again. A win is a win for the Jets. Keep it rolling if you're a Jet fan and uh, peace out.